Hey, Katie. Hey, Ben. So uh, we got an email from this person, has a company, makes widgets, doesn't have any data science presence uh, in their company, and they just found our podcast, and they're totally sold, but they don't know how to start. Yeah, how to how to think about making data science successful at their company. Right. Yes, that makes sense. Well, that's because it's actually can be really hard to start a data science initiative from scratch, especially in a big established company. And that's worth thinking about explicitly if you are one of the people, and there are lots of them, who have a, have a mandate like that. Awesome. Well, let's uh, help out our definitely not fake widget maker. You are listening to Linear Digressions. So I think rather than diving straight into the data science case, it might be worth just taking a step back because while data science initiatives at you know big established companies are relatively new, they're you know new-ish, um, certainly not brand new, companies in general have been trying to innovate for basically as long as companies have existed, right? And so there's a lot of research into what makes innovation initiatives in companies succeed or not, which I think is pretty useful for thinking about what makes a data initiative succeed or fail or anything like that. So having worked at Facebook and now Netflix, I don't know, I don't know how this applies to the, these humongous companies that are kind of generally on the leading edge, probably had data science departments pretty early on in the process. Um, but it's worth saying that every big company used to be small. And so probably every company has to go through this at some point with some role, whether that's data science or something else. Yeah. And so I think that even big established tech companies uh, like Netflix and Facebook are two examples of companies that have really made it their business from from their inception to be very aggressively innovative around especially like technology and and data science and things like that. So this comes up somewhat more often, I would say, at older, more established companies that are not inherently technical companies, but that recognize that they need to tech up in order to succeed against new entrants. So if you make, you know, consumer packaged goods, or if you sell insurance, or you do shipping, yeah, like all of these things, there are, you know, big, really, really good established companies that are finding themselves needing to kind of kickstart innovation initiatives. And very often they're turning to data, especially to try to say like, okay, what's, what's the data strategy that we're going to start up here? And then how are how are we going to foster it the right way? How are we going to be the right amount of aggressive? Right. So I guess uh, to my earlier point, yeah, startups have to do this, but it seems like you're saying that this might be a little bit more difficult in companies that are very established and have very specific, um, well-worn paths and processes. Yeah. So depending on, yeah, if, if you if you're a person like me who reads too many business books, then this might this might be reminding you actually there's a really famous business book called the innovator's dilemma and this came out i want to say a couple a couple decades ago now sort of a classic but the general idea is that um, in these established companies that have been very successful in 
you know, whatever their line of business is, there comes a point where there's actually, it becomes really challenging for them to innovate. And that's because they are so well optimized and so finely tuned toward just like making money hand over fist, which with whatever their current business model is, that the idea of disrupting that internally with some kind of innovation is actually really unappealing, right? They've spent all of this kind of time and effort to set up this big engine that's just performing and performing and performing. And innovation initiatives, almost by definition, are going to make that more challenging. But at the same time, in the long run, you need to, like, it sounds really dumb. I'm cringing even as I say this, but like, disrupt yourself in order to to stay relevant. I know, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, that's the worst. But it's, it's better than somebody else you know, coming in and eating your lunch. So like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's no, it's very true though. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about, I guess I'm thinking about things like where, where large companies. So I, I wasn't involved in any of this stuff, but at, that's over Facebook's history, it has changed its homepage multiple times. Like for example, the, the time that they introduced the newsfeed, everyone hated it, right? That was definitely a big hit to the company um, to perception of the company. Um, but it was something that I guess the people at Facebook at the time decided we need to do this because we believe that the world ahead of the losses we're going to incur or the lack of efficiency for a a big polished machine or something like that. We believe that the benefits are going to uh, severely outweigh the short-term losses. Um, and that's really hard to see when you're in a, a place where you're really doing well. Totally. Yeah. So if you are one of the people who is a data scientist, say at one of these companies, and you're getting the story from, you know, very often like this, these sorts of innovation initiatives are seen by senior executives as what the company needs to, to foster in order to evolve and continue to be relevant long-term the folks who are kind of in the middle can sometimes be somewhat more resistant to it because it's more, it can be more disruptive to their day-to-day life, right? That's a really good point. Yeah, I guess some sometimes I fall into the idea of thinking of companies as people, since I guess that's who <laughs> they are. But um, but yeah, companies are not people. Companies do not have one opinion. You've got all of the people between leadership and the people in the trenches writing code or, or doing whatever. And all of them have opinions about whether this is a, a good move or a bad move or whatever. And so that means that each company, even if the leadership says very clearly, everyone's aligned, we're going to go in this direction, the company itself, just because of the people inside of it, has a massive amount totally. of inertia. And moreover, like when you start a data initiative, it's not like you know on day one what the final product looks like. Like you might have some idea of what an outcome is that you want to achieve, but like how you get there is very often what the data science team needs to spend a lot of time like studying and doing proofs of concept and doing user interviews and and figuring out like how you're going to get there. And so it's it's also that's kind of what the innovation initiative is is not we just decided that we're going to be data driven one day and then the next day we are, it's just magically all there, but instead there's like a bunch of work that you have to do. And that's what the initiative is. And so the question is, what are the things that you can do? What are the ways that you can structure that work 
so that it's the most likely to succeed in the long run. Of course, there's no guarantees, but um, there are ways that you can think about this and ways that you can structure it that can help or hinder that that eventual getting it into the main sort of production work stream of the performance engine. So when I talk about the performance engine, let me back up here for a second because I'm slightly ahead of myself. I'm thinking a lot about a really good book that I read recently called The Other Side of Innovation. And I'll have a link to um, like the Amazon page where you can check it out. It's a pretty good book. And so what this book is about is it takes as a foregone conclusion at the beginning that you want to have an innovation initiative, and then it talks about how do you execute on it. So there's a lot of places that spend a lot of time deciding if they want to do innovation, and then they decide that the answer is yes. And then they kind of forget about how. <laughs> they just think that like having made that decision is the hard part. And of course, like that's as anyone who's done one of these things knows, the hard part is doing it and doing it well. So the other side of innovation is a really good book. It's just about, it's about innovation initiatives in general. So it's not super specific to data, but I think anybody who's tasked with doing disruptive data science, especially in a big, a big, highly, uh, highly optimized uh, organization, let's say like a, an organization that already has like a, a performance engine up and running. I'm, I'm stealing that phrase from the book. Uh, will appreciate this. Um, and so the general idea is it the book tackles a few of the most important decisions that you have to make in setting up one of these initiatives. So first is recognizing that it's not just about deciding that you want to have one of these initiatives and putting somebody in charge of it, but you also need to assemble a team and you need that team needs to have a plan and a set of metrics that are unique to the goals that they're trying to achieve. And then take that plan and that set of metrics and be able to execute on it relatively autonomously of the rest of the company. Because the whole idea is that they're supposed to be going out and doing something that's different from the way that the company is operating right now. And so not allowing them to break out on their own or having them, you know, be people who have lots and lots of existing remaining obligations to, to their, to the main like day-to-day work of the company means that it's going to be really hard for them to like break out of that cycle. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I can I can totally see a large company falling into that that hole, I guess. Yeah, yeah, so it's really easy. This is something that the book covers early on is like well, what about the idea of just asking people to be innovative as part of their day-to-day work? And to a certain extent that you can get some changes that way, but like the really transformational stuff is just really hard to get out of folks who are also doing day-to-day work. And then the second, a second piece that I thought was pretty interesting was as that team is operating, they should not in general be optimized for actually producing kind of like business results. Like if they do an experiment and the experiment say ends up making a bunch of money for the company or something like that, like they introduce some little prototype product and then it ends up being successful. Like, that's great. That's fine. But that's not the way that their success should be measured because what's more important is did they learn something along the way and do they have a process for very quickly testing hypotheses and figuring out what it is they need to learn and iterating quickly. And then 
one last thing that I thought was really interesting is that the hardest part of innovation initiatives come at the end when you're trying to merge them back into the mainstream of the day-to-day operations of the business. Oh, interesting. Because that's where you have to, yeah, you've got, that's when you're dealing with the inertia. Because like you could take a brand new team and you could kind of insulate them from the um, the heavy-handed operating procedures of the company that are really optimized for one thing and not optimized for the new stuff. But then when that little think tank that you've made comes up with something that you want to integrate, now you actually are forced to interact with the the um, huge tanker that doesn't turn very fast. Exactly. So there are choices that you can make even at the beginning of the initiative about who do you involve in certain types of like communication channels and decision making and you know how do you present to them like what it is you're doing so that then when the the project is ready to merge back in it's not like this thing that's coming out of nowhere and that's going to meet a whole lot of resistance but hopefully you've been sort of cultivating from the beginning those relationships with the people that you're going to need to be like your the other side of the handshake right when you start to hand it back off and you can work you can start to work with them much more closely to figure out like okay now we know what it is we want to do the last step is figuring out how to how to get it merged back in yeah those are three really um good things to remember i guess if you're in this situation and all of them are hard yeah i mean this is not this is not easy stuff <laughs> but it's the stuff that many data scientists i think find themselves grappling with although maybe they don't always think about it this way which is why i thought uh this book was uh, you know the other side of innovation i thought was a really good book and then you know the greater context like innovator's dilemma just thinking about how you even get to these situations in the first place so we'll have links to uh to those books on lineardigressions.com if you want to check them out and hopefully if you are a data scientist especially one who's in charge of like, transformational change and trying to figure out what that means and then do it. Uh, this is sort of helpful for you and gives you some, a little bit of guidance about what are some of the hard decisions that you have to make and what's maybe some hints one way or, ne- or the other about what's most likely to work out depending on how you, uh, how you approach them. Linear Digressions is a Creative Commons endeavor, which means you can share or use it any way you like. Just tell them we said hi. To find out more about this or any other episode of Linear Digressions, go to LinearDigressions.com. And if you like this podcast, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes so other people get to listen to this content too. You can always get in touch with either of us. Our emails are ben at LinearDigressions.com and katie at LinearDigressions.com in case you have comments or suggestions for future shows. You can tweet us at Lynn Digressions. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.